Welcome to Load the Box. We are about a two weeks removed from the Super Bowl already, and it's uh, it's NFL uh, scouting combine time. We're already in the combine. Um, the draft is only about a couple months away. Free agency starts in a couple of weeks. We're in the middle of the franchise tag window. There's a lot going on, even if there's nothing to watch on TV. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. As Jordan likes to say on this show every week, this is when Super Bowls are won. And so here at Load the Box, we are going to break everything down for you, for your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings, in their preparation and their work to go win that elusive Super Bowl. Today, we want to talk about something really interesting that Brian Flores, the new Vikings defensive coordinator, said in his introductory press conference a couple of weeks ago. When asked um, about his ideal personnel for his um, for his defense, one of the many things that he said um, outside of, you know, just some kind of generic statements was some of the guys that are here or many of the guys that are here um, are, and I don't want to, you know, th- this is paraphrasing, don't, this isn't a direct quote but many of the guys that are here are the types of guys that he would like to have on his roster. And so then he kind of talked about some things like aggressiveness and selflessness and team first and, um, you know, laying, laying your body out there and all these kind of things that, you know, you'd like to hear a head coach say, or defensive coordinator say. So we want to look specifically at that statement of the guys that are here or many guys that are here. What does that mean? Um, Which of the guys that are here are those fellas that, Mr. Flores will roll out there in week one in September. So Jordan and I are going to take a look at the 2022 roster on the defensive side and see which of these fellas are coming back in our estimation and which we think will not be a part of Flores' grand scheme. How does that sound, Jordan? It sounds amazing. And may I just say, this feels to me like stamp collecting uh, because it kind of, you know, you're just picking through garbage and you're trying to find something salvageable because this defense was really bad. And if you want my, my personal opinion, I think Brian Flores saying, oh yeah, there's a ton of guys here that are, that are my kind of guys and blah, 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 you know, player coach, player coach. I think that's him just kind of saying like, Hey, I want to keep everybody that was here. So that way, whenever you do see guys like Kendricks and Hicks and, uh, maybe Patrick Peterson, not retained or, or straight up cut, you Brian Flores can still talk to his defense as like, look, I, I know you love Derek Kendricks, you know, Brian Osamoa. I know you thought he was a great teammate and you wanted to play alongside him. I don't make those decisions. I said in my, you know, press conference, I thought, you know, so many got blah, blah, blah. I think he's kind yeah. of setting that kind of a, a foundation up, but I do think that there are some like in like a good stamp collector. There are some salvageable pieces on this defense mm-hmm. that could come back next year. And with the with a couple of additions to the defense, I think we could we could see it be you know that top twenty, top half of the league maybe type of unit that the you know that Vikings fans are desperately clamoring for it to be. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not asking for this defense to skyrocket into the top ten like they were you know back in the the height of the Zimmer era in the late 2010s. We're simply looking for a competent defense because I think you and I both believe Jordan. I think most Vikings fans believe that our offense can go toe to toe with almost any offense in the league. Um, And especially if they bring in a competent and, you know, 
sorry, sorry, KJ and, and Adam, uh, <laughs> competent wide receiver too. I think there's going to be, you know, even, even more, more problems that the offense poses. So if, if the defense can just be serviceable, that's what we're looking for here. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned some of those, those fan favorites, those veterans, Jordan, you mentioned Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks and Patrick Peterson. I think it's fair to say that, you know, you and I both think most, if not all three of those guys probably aren't coming back. Any, is there any, any, any reasoning as to why let's just say Peterson might come back. There's at least fan speculation that he might come back. He tweeted something cryptic, but uh, what do you think about uh, number seven coming back next year? I, I just don't think it's a scheme fit and I don't want to be, you know, Mr. Negativity because, you know, Patrick Peterson, he had a, a solid enough season. It, it was kind of disheartening to see the giants just attack Patrick Peterson with, you know, basically, Hey, let's see how fast those old legs are type routes in that playoff game. But I think, I don't want to say he got exposed because he's still a good player, but like you have to find the right scheme for him. And I don't think Brian Flores is going to run this 10 yards off coverage, you know, the Donna shell defense, if you will, that Patrick Peterson, I think did thrive in a bit. And, I don't think Patrick Peterson, to me, is a guy that I would be focusing on on bringing back. I think I would definitely be looking more into the free agency market slash looking, you know, into like the Duke Shelleys, um, who are going to need to be re-signed if you want to keep him. And and I think that he is one of the pieces that Flores is being one hundred percent truthful about when he says there are pieces on this defense that I think can play. I think Duke Shelley could play in. Yeah. Uh, Brian Flores' defense right now, which is why I think he's going to stay in Minnesota. I think Quasey will get a deal done with him to keep him uh, as a Minnesota Viking because I think that he is yeah. kind of – he's scrappy, he's undersized, he plays selfish – selfless, not selfish, sorry. Uh, and, and he kind of – he has this it's, – it's a mentality that like a first-round pick can't have of – He's he was on Chicago. He got cut. He got put on the practice squad. He bounced around and he landed in Minnesota. And we said, "Hey, we're banged up. Go out there in Buffalo. You know, biggest game of the season so far. Go out there and and he, first snap of the game, he makes a play on a ball. And you know, obviously that's not the last play of the game, but that was one of the biggest plays of the game. So, yeah. um, and then he just continued to probably be our best defensive back." you know, of the season. And he only played for like six or seven weeks. So he's yeah. kind of the guy that, that stands out to me. And this is a very, a very pro Duke Shelley show, I think. Um, and, and I'm going to continue to be pro Duke Shelley until next season. You know, he's the the scapegoat for all of my defensive issues. But until that day comes, I'm, I'm going to keep saying we signed Duke Shelley. I, I want to yep. see what he can do in kind of a, a puss, nasty, physical, you know, don't let him get past you. you just, just nasty defense that Brian Flores is going to want to run. Well, you know what's wild? Looking at the depth chart here from last year, 2022, Duke Shelley is listed as the third string cornerback on Camlin, Cameron Dantzler's side of the field. So that basically means that he – or uh, yes, Cameron Dantzler's side of the field. So that basically means – According to the depth chart, he's their fifth or sixth best cornerback. That puts him behind Chris Boyd, who was, you know, essentially a, a great special teamer. And Chandon Sullivan, you know, he started a lot of games just given the package that they continue to run. But 
that's crazy how the Vikings, you know, fifth or sixth best cornerback ended up being the fourth best uh, cornerback in the NFL last year by many metrics. And so um, I'm with you. I like the Duke Shelley re-signing um, idea. He has not been signed yet, but the uh, the Patrick Peterson one is interesting, and I won't dwell on it too much because there's a lot of other guys to talk about. But the one thing that I could see as a positive for getting Patrick Peterson back is maybe two things. One, he just loves it here. So, I mean, he's uh, he's called Minnesota his home. He's been here for two seasons, but, you know, he he's really felt at home here. It's pretty obvious that he loves to play here. And... The second thing is that, yeah, maybe Patrick Peterson doesn't have it in terms of the speed and the um, agility that he had maybe five, six years ago. But what he does have is a lot of savvy and a lot of smart. And if you're going to be playing a defense that is predicated on pressure, you're going to have to have smart defensive backs in the, you know, in your secondary, because you're going to have to have guys who are ball hawkish and, are able to make plays when maybe, you know, the scheme or the, or the uh, you know, the back end isn't protected perfectly. Um, you know, you, you rush five or six, you leave only a few in the back end to take care of the wide receivers. You do need to have smart defenders who can make a play in a split second. And so having someone like Peterson who had what, five interceptions last year, having him back there, I think could be, you know, a decent investment depending on what the price is. So I think it's pretty clear how we both feel about Hicks and Kendricks. I mean, we both, I guess, historically probably love Kendricks, but I think it's probably time to move on scheme scheme aside. I think just watching him play, it was just the slowness getting to the flat, the inability to cover, which seemed really strange considering his, you know, one of his best strengths was as a cover linebacker, but I think we both agree it's probably time to move on from our, you know, interior or our, our yeah, our, our middle linebacking core. Yeah. Um, Which, what about what, the edge? Go ahead. Ed, oh man, edge is a edge is a crazy one <laughs> because I think that we have two very good edges that I think Daniel Hunter put away some of the question marks about his health. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna hold this against him, but like he's still an elite pass rusher. It really felt like Daniil didn't get hot until later in the season. And did he get hot late in the season because Zadarius was attracting a little bit more attention? Um, and and maybe Daniil is that ultimate top-end second pass rusher that you have to have another guy who is more dangerous than him on the other side because if he's the focal point of an offensive game plan you know they kind of take him out of it a little bit or maybe it was just ed donatel dropping him back into coverage more than he's ever dropped back into his into coverage in his entire career like ever it was it, just an awful idea you take one of your best defensive pieces and you just completely misuse him like let's have harrison smith line up at wide receiver a couple times and see if we still think he's you know an elite safety after that we probably should, but it's going to tarnish how we think of him. So um, yeah. talking about, you know, Zadarius and, and Daniil, I think are the two because Daniil Hunto has basically like a ham sandwich left on his contract in terms of guaranteed money. I don't know that Daniil Hunter sh is going to show up and play for that ham sandwich. I think he's going to want no pun no. intended. Oh, it's not really a pun, but uh, he's going to want a little bit more cheddar on that sandwich. You know, he, he wants some money. And so he, if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him. 
which means you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay Jefferson. You're going to have to pay Hawkinson. And quickly, the the, the wallet starts getting thin. Um, on the other side, Zadarius, I think, is is a cap casualty, unfortunately. I, do, I could see him getting traded or getting cut um, just because of the age and the... I, the, the injuries pile up on him and and last year he banged his knee up and he wasn't the same for half the season and in years you know prior in green bay he had back problems and he had this part and it just always seems like he's got something that's nagging him and not letting him play at a hundred percent and yeah. yeah he still lines up but if if you're lining up and you're only 50 percent of the player that you should be that's that's not really cutting it we could go draft somebody that's yeah. maybe going to be <clears throat> You know, maybe not what you are at your top end, but maybe he gives you more once you get injured. So I think they're two yeah. very interesting pieces. I would like, in a, you know, if this was the MLB and there wasn't a salary cap, I would say keep them both for whatever they wanted. But it gets it gets very interesting to talk about whenever you start thinking about the cap. And now those reports that Cousins isn't going to be getting a one year extension. So is Cousins even getting an extension? Is this the last year of Cousins? Which means yeah. he's going to have a lot of guaranteed money that's not able to be moved around on the books. It it just gets very difficult to have both of them, you know, with the money. But I, if I'm Brian Flores, I'm obviously banging the table saying, bring them both back. I want them coming after the pass off yeah. me. So I'm, I'm interested to hear yeah. what you think. I hope I didn't cover too many bases there, but... I mean, I think in simple terms, those two guys on the field alone are the two exact kind of players that Flores wants. Like you don't, you don't need to overthink it here. It's he wants guys who can get to the quarterback and he wants guys who are ferocious in doing so. All right, (laughs) there you go. Bring them both back. But I think you're right when it comes to the money piece of it is where it's going to get complicated and you know, if, if you're talking about the, you know, the value proposition and um, there's only so many dollars to spread around and guys like Patrick Jones, you know, he's not necessarily a starting caliber edge player, but he, he had sparks last year. He had two sacks in Miami. Um, he, he made a, a decent number of plays. I remember, like, I felt like I was often writing down his name or his number when I was taking notes during the games. Um, just because I felt like he was always in the middle of something. And so, you know, having him as a guy who gets maybe more snaps next year, I do think if you end up losing one, one of, and obviously both, but if you lose, especially just even one of them, Zadarius or Daniil, I think you got to either draft one or you got to go get an edge rusher in, uh, the, in the free agency or something, because, um, what we have on the roster today isn't really going to be, isn't going to cut it for what we want to, you know, do with this, this pressure-based defense and this aggressive defense that, that Flores is talking about. So I think, I think it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty cut and dry there. I think the, uh, the safety position is, um, and I should back up. It's not cut and dry when it comes to the edge. It's very complicated. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 As Jordan said, but I think, I think um, it's cut and dry that like, look, it's very complicated. And if you're going to keep both of them, there's going to be some wizardry done by Rob Bozinski yeah. and the cap management team. But I think that it's cut and dry for us of like, if we can keep them both, let's do it. I mean, make it, you know, it's in yeah. your hands now, mathematicians. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not uh, salary cap 
uh, experts over here. We're just, uh, you know, speculating on roster construction. We'll let the, the smart people actually, you know, do their job. Absolutely. Final thoughts here, Jordan. Um, I think Harrison Smith is a lock to come back. I think, you know, I, I, I was a Josh Metellus doubter <laughs> in the preseason. I wanted him off the roster. I was not interested. But when he got in the games this year, he actually showed flashes. And I think, you know, if we talk about this aggressive mentality, I'd rather have him back there than Cam Bynum, personally. Um, I think we all agree that it, we would like to see Smith and Seen lined up in the defensive backfield week one if Seen is healthy. Um, but in terms of the, the safety room, I think it's got to be those four guys and – or at least those three guys, Metellus, Seen, and Smith. And then as far as I'm concerned, I think Cam Bynum comes back because of, you know, his contract situation and he's pretty cheap and everything. But I would, I guess my thought would be, I'm actually interested in two things happening. One, him being a backup and two, him being an option in the slot. He was a cornerback in college. Um, he didn't necessarily excel as a safety last year, but I mean, let's be honest, nobody really excelled last year. So I think just in terms of, you know, personnel, personality, I'd like to see Sean Smith and Metellus see the most snaps, especially if there's any three safety looks. So that'll be my last thought. Jordan, I'll hand it over to you to talk about the safeties and close us down. Yeah, I think that, Harrison Smith is probably the poster child for the, there's a lot of guys on this defense that I think fit the scheme. Uh, you know, I think Flores is just, he, he dreams about Harrison Smith every night and the crazy things he can do. And he wakes up at 3am and he turns on the light and his wife says, honey, what's wrong? And he says, I have an idea. And then he draws a play, you know, on his little, on his little legal pad that he keeps next to his bed and he sets it down and he goes back to sleep and he dreams up my plays because it just seems like a match made in heaven. And that is why I'm just, it's going to help me to say this. I would trade Harrison Smith if I could like not for nothing, but if somebody wanted to give me a, a one for Harrison Smith, I would do it right now. And, and that solely lies on you drafted his replacement last season and you kind of, so th this is where we're at as fans. We have to say, was Andrew Seen, there I go again, was Lewis Seen. I'll do it every time. I'll do it every time until I'm going to start a, you know, change.gov petition for him to change his name to Andrew Seen. But uh, Lewis Seen, is he not good enough to get snaps in year one, which is a problem? He's your first round draft pick. You, you need to, your first round draft picks need to be able to, you know, contribute. And I get he got injured, but, you know, Early in the season, it seemed like they had no intention of playing him outside of special teams. So is he not good enough? Did you did you whiff on that pick? We'll talk about this you know, later in the week with a review of the 2022 draft class. Is he not good enough? Oh, the flip side is, is Harrison Smith just that good? And, you know, you truly believe Seen is Smith's replacement they're not going to play side by side because that's not a good scheme fit. It's one or the other, and if it's one or the other, then Smith has to go. It's it, you can't just you know you drafted him and you drafted Scene in the first round. It's it you know it, it would be time if you think Scene can play. So the Vikings front office, I think you know, is going to say publicly, and they're going to 
act like publicly that scene is ready to go and he's gonna he's all pro calibo and he's a great draft selection because that they have no other choice than to do that i think that fans are going to rightfully have some speculation if scene is not like on the field week one as long as you know he's healthy which from his twitter <laughs> account it looks like he is so I, I would trade Harrison Smith if the if the right team came came a knocking and came calling, but you know you have to have the right team come and, and ask about it and and that's that's all stuff Quasey's going to be doing at the combine and and during the off season, but we'll we'll kind of see what happens. Like I said, I think he would be a great scheme fit if he's back in purple. I expect him to have a career renaissance. I expect it to be one of his best seasons because I I truly think he could rack up like eight sacks just from the amount of times that he might blitz in Brian flow as a scheme, but, uh, uh that'll be, that'll what about be, just, oh, go ahead. Just quick seed planted here. How about a backfield of seeing next to Antoine Winfield jr. I've talked about this before. He's a former golden gopher. Let's trade Harrison Smith for Antoine Winfield and get all of the Vikings gophers fans excited. It really, if Tampa Bay is in a position where they think, you know what? We'll just not, We'll just not, you know, what might work is you, you construct a three team deal where we get Winfield Jr. Uh, Smith goes to some other team and like the Bucks get a first round pick, like something yep. like that ends up happening because if the Bucks yep. are serious about contending still, they're going to need to trade up and get a quarterback, you know, with Tom Brady taking a, a gap year before he yeah. comes to call games on Fox. So I would be. I would be making calls about that because that does sound like a very exciting defensive backfield. It's you still tasty. have you've got seen doing the in the box Harrison Smith type of stuff. You've got Winfield Jr. being a true safety, just just being a ball hawk doing his thing. That would be very electric. Uh, speaking of electricity, follow the show on Twitter at LTB Vikings uh, for some of that electricity. Um, also, make sure to shop Unified Athletic. Follow my wonderful co-host uh, at Will Badlose, the GOAT Twitter handle. Check out the Bad Loser blog and VikingsTerritory.com. And tune in tomorrow where we will be talking about the Vikings list of free agents, guys that just are unrestricted. I don't know if they're all unrestricted, but guys that will not be with the Vikings if they don't do something to bring them back. Um, and we'll kind of weigh in on some of that. Uh, and other than that, I'll leave everybody with uh, a skull, y'all. <laughs>